Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, what you're about to witness is no illusion. And now we got the bass banging from head to Buckingham Palace. They're all moving. Welcome to This is Brendan 75 with my very special guest, Lewis Carlin. Now, if you don't know that name, you might know his podcast. It used to be the Alliance Pro Wrestling. Uh, is now shooting up north. He also does an MLW show with a future guest on the podcast on April 12th, George McKay. That if you sign up for the Patreon, you can hear that podcast right now uh, on all tiers. And that was a great chat. But uh, Lewis is a great dude for the fact that it's a friendship we formed out of him being an interviewer based out of, I think he's Windsor now, but like we met in London, just a great dude. And I want my podcast to feature people I enjoy talking to. I don't care if that is a wrestler that's wrestled for six months. I don't care if that's a random magician. I I don't care because everyone has fucking worth. And Lewis is a great dude that I'm a fan of talking to people older than me, of just knowing like, it is possible to not be a bitter fuck. And my honest opinion is a lot of uh, middle-aged white dudes, or white people, male and female, are like responsible for a lot of the worst problems in the world. And also, they, it might be that's the one type of group of people I hate because you fear what you'll become. And if I don't die by the time I'm middle-aged, I'll be a middle-aged white guy. So, but like Lewis is the opposite of that. We had a great conversation. His daughter just turned 18. Uh, we talk about him growing up in New York, and uh, I hope you guys enjoy this conversation. Have a great day. Um, follow me, because I think I forget to say it on the next two sections, which, by the way, it's the same for the next four episodes. Justin St. Louis Carlin, Steve Brown, Bianca Corelli. So there will be timestamps in the bottom if you want to skip forward. But enjoy this podcast. I am Holden Albright, Brendan Caulfield, at Holden Pro on Twitter and Instagram to keep updated with all this, and Patreon.com slash Brendan, B-R-E-N-D-O-N-E, capital C. Join the athletes of Albright. Come in. Hey, Simon, we're fucking them up, turning them cycles. Everybody rock, let's bring the house down. To rubble and up, cause we'll be fucking it up. Somebody say, you So yes, back to the free feed. Uh, I'm recording the intros of this episode and a few others at the same time so that first part brand new the next two parts if you listen to all the podcasts you'll see that there's a repetitiveness in this but a little life update i started a patreon the first week of january and since then we've had about over 20 different patrons come and go and just constantly provided more and more content. I always wanted to do a, uh, a video feed and have like little live Zoom events because I was talking about starting my Patreon winter 2019. So the pandemic wasn't a thought at all. And so I had ideas for five, 25, 50, 100, and 250 for the tiers, which I haven't and won't put 100 or 250, but those were gonna include like two to six tickets and uh, a lot of other bonus stuff that we can't really do. Ontario just went into another lockdown, I think, or emergency breaks. I don't even know what any of that fucking means. But I've been busy, and unfortunately that meant I was slacking on 
the free podcast where there is an audience for the free podcast. And I I don't look down on you. I just, I plan 27 hours of stuff in a 24-hour day. And that doesn't include sleeping or my real job. So I did not balance it all well, but I, I have a series of doing things three different times and then finally getting a hold of it. And I think that's what... It took three to four months. I I think I have all my tentpole shows, like, uh, and you'll hear about it when I plug everything coming up in the next segment of the intro, but I don't think I want to do any more shows. But I'm trying to figure out different live experiences because I love uh, Conrad Thompson's ad-free show stuff, and it isn't pay so you don't hear ads. The amount of bonus podcasts he does, he does live events, but it costs, like, I'm at the $30 tier, and there's live pod, live Zoom hangouts that I'm inspired by for the 50 tier. So I decided I I want to have the Patreon so that I can find my direct audience. And I know I'm doing something for an audience. And I know that you guys are into it and enjoy it. And I've had great feedback from the Patreon that it's fucking fun. It's great. And... Uh, yeah, I thank you all for any of that. And if, you, if you've if you missed out on me, I wholeheartedly do rest besides the $7 a month. You get a bunch of bonus podcasts. It is well worth it. And I already reply back to messages from fans. I'm not one of the assholes that says I won't reply to you if you don't give me money or whatever. But, like, this is just a different atmosphere that we can all hang out with, shoot the shit. And uh, you get to hear about the events in the next segment. Doing all nighters, no days off, great hairs and a little bro weight loss. I predict, I predict, I predict, I predict. Disturbing London got the whole city panicking. I've been Nostradamus this man. So, for instance, coming up this week, these batch episodes, Just Insane, Lewis Carlin, Steve Brown, Bianca Corelli, they will all be released before Tuesday. Which means, no matter what, coming up, this weekend there's a new car talk i'm literally going to record it after i record these intros there is so i do a weekly podcast and that has a video feature to it on monday i put up my match versus iron sparring with my commentary i'm recording that when i get home tonight uh every wednesday night thursday morning we me and kobe durst we watch AEW dynamite we react to it we're not the most sober and it's a great fucking time and Here's one of the things. There's a paywall, which means we're honest about our opinions and bullshit. And, like, we may say some inappropriate stuff that might get us canceled. But it's well worth $7 a month to hear us bullshit four to five times. And we're now going to include a new uh, monthly video feature. And the Brendome events, which is my version of the Thunderdome for Zoom live events. We're going to do a live Tiger and the Wolf call-in from 9 to 9.30 at the end of the month. So... That will only be available for the meal tier and up. But on Fridays, we have a new Murders, Mysteries, Murders, Monsters, Mysteries, and more where we're in conspiracy theories right now. I believe we're talking about the Bilderberg group on Friday. And the next two episodes are going to be 33 minutes plus. The podcast available for all tiers on the Patreon. But the video is only available for the meal tier and up. And for as of right now, you can get $5 off your life subscription. But I'll go into that spiel later on. Uh, next week, another car talk. Uh, I have an Instagram live Thursday nights at 9.15 p.m. I've not really gotten guests on those because I've been busy and I don't 
I feel a little rude for having guests on and not releasing the podcast because my friends gave me their time. So why wouldn't I pay it back to them? Uh, and yeah, so like, let me break down the Patreon for you. If you sign up for it, these are the American prices. So when you go to it, don't be too surprised that the five is actually seven. The 20 is 24, I believe. And the 50 is like 69. But I'll break down what you get for the $5 tier is you get a weekly Tiger and the Wolf podcast with Kobe Dirks. Not available anywhere else. And there's a paywall for a reason. Uh, you get a weekly M4 Murders, Mysteries, and More podcast with myself, Pretty Ricky, Alexi Nicole, Gabriel Fuerza, and Jimmy. You get a weekly solo car talk podcast. If you enjoy my intros of these podcasts, the car talk is that but a little bit more extended and fleshed out. Uh, you get the podcast and the video every Sunday. You get a monthly, the third week of every month, an Anthony Brendan conversation, the ABC podcast with myself and Anthony Kingdom James, where we just talk about life. It's about an hour and a half. We almost went for three hours last month. And yeah, it's just like the struggle of trying to motivate yourself. And that's why also the audience I want to talk to on this podcast, I just said on the finale episode, which wasn't really a finale, but it was a finale of me not knowing my audience. And my audience is me 12 years ago, before I started doing podcasts, before I started doing YouTube videos, well before I started doing wrestling, and I was probably doing magic. If I had someone talking to me that was 10 years older than me, and they were preparing me for the struggles, they were saying not every day is going to be great, I, I have the belief that the more people that try to make YouTube videos, that tw try Twitch streams, that try to do podcasts and not that they fail but they stop doing it because the fact that you tried means you didn't fail you tried to do something and if you're if you want to make a full-time income from podcasting you have to realize podcasting is more to promote yourself promote live events and such so i don't think anyone who tried to do podcasting is a fucking failure but i think like it shows people how hard it is the fact that not everyone is doing it when everyone can do it so i I think that that struggle is a good thing. Uh, you'll get random bonus podcasts that I've reviewed movies and TV shows and just random just press record and just talks. Uh, you get all of those for only $5 a month. Plus some limited edition merch that I just, I want to sell directly to my audience. For the $25 a month tier, uh, this is, so for $5 you're basically paying for caffeine, energy drinks, cold brew coffee for myself, and for that I thank you. For $25, it's basically like we went out for dinner and you you paid for a meal for me. So once again, thank you, I appreciate that. And once again, there's only five spots available uh, that it will be $5 off for the total of your subscription. I did this for the $5 tier, that was only $2.50 for the first 10 people that signed up. Uh, I think this is well worth it because uh, I, oh, sorry, I forgot two things in there. Uh, a live Rendome watch-along event the last Friday of every month. We've watched the Royal Rumble 2000, Samoa Joe versus Necro Butcher, and like Samoa Joe and IWA stuff. And then we watched WrestleMania 17 last weekend. And it was so much fun to watch. And I also invite some of my friends. I, I'll send that Zoom link along to random people and have them hop in. It's a great experience. And there's a group chat on Instagram called the Acolytes of Albert. It's the most craziest chat ever. Last night after the Instagram Live, I'm recording this Friday, uh, there was a huge discussion in the group about, like, 
gender identity. Uh, it was about gender identity and such like that. That it, I'm I'm glad that I'm surrounded by a group of good supporters that I could put you all together. Uh, but for twenty five dollars a month, you get a week. You get the weekly M4 podcast, but in video form. You get bi-weekly full match with personal commentary. This could be one of my favorite matches, one of my least favorite matches, just a random match. And you'll also get a monthly Tiger and the Wolf video. This month is available for all tiers on the Patreon, and we're reviewing cheese. There's only four different types of cheese, and it took us 30 minutes to talk about it. Uh, very much another show that is glad on, glad behind the paywall. And also, uh, once again, it's behind the paywall for a reason. And if you sign up for all these tiers, if you look in the description below, you will see that there's a credits. Going forward, the videos, I just realized how to get credits properly in the videos. So there'll be credits at the end of all my videos, that me thanking uh, the accolades of Albright, my loyal patrons. And for that, the end of last month, you get the Zoom watch along for uh, all tiers. But in the meal tier, you get to watch us record the M4 show where we record multiple episodes at a time. So you get to watch it early and you'll get an exclusive post show uh, that won't be available after the fact. And I want to have random events. I talked about ad-free shows earlier. Very much like that. I'm having my first Brendome live event experience of watching Backyard Pro Night 2 Season 1 with Geoff Hardy. Von Vertigo is going to join us. I've messaged some other participants in Backyard Pro to see if uh, they can hop on the Zoom watch along. It's going to be a fun time. And also the audio of that podcast will be available a week later for the all tiers. But you'll get that podcast immediately afterwards. And you'll get exclusive video. And you get to be there live to chat and join in. And also every other month, you'll get an exclusive 8x10. And I'm not just talking about a promo photo or whatever because let's be honest those are boring i'm talking about you'll get a signed tiger and the wolf 8x10 you'll get a signed m4 postcard whatever but the very first one everyone that signs up in april you will get a signed 8x10 of my nona with all the tag belts i do believe that this 8x10 alone is worth the 25 dollars not the uh any of the content you get, whatever. But paying $25 for my Nona's signed 8x10, it's just fucking hilarious. And also, anyone that's already a patron, if you upgrade and private message me, and I will open that 20 tier that anyone that upgrades at any time, if you ever upgrade, I will open that $20 tier that you'll still get that $5 off. But if you do upgrade, you'll get a 8x10. It's a promo photo I did mocking inspired homage to Jody Thread of holding her skateboard over my... Uh, my man titties. Uh, I think it was very funny. So I hope you enjoy this episode. Oh, and sorry, there's a $50 tier. This is basically you're paying for a gas of tank for the van. And I truly appreciate you. You get raw podcasts. I have literally like 15, 17 podcasts that are still not released. That if you're on the raw podcast feed, you already got it. Plus, you got stuff that I have to delete and take away that... You hear 90% of the conversation, but there's about 10% that we don't talk about on air. Also, there's been a lot of stuff going on in Ontario for the past three months. Once you put us behind a paywall, we're allowed to talk about our opinion more freely. 
So you get to hear all that on the raw. You also get a t-shirt every three months. Uh, if you if you're listening to this and you're a patron, expect a message this Easter weekend talking about the t-shirt so I can get your size. I'll also be doing a limited two-week pre-order and the only sale. Uh, and you get to be a, pod- a guest on the podcast every four months. And April's the fourth month, so I gotta reach out to you guys. Ask you your t-shirt size. Ask you when you want to record the podcast because we're... You're gonna be on it. <laughs> uh, you get early project previews and schedules. I was expecting... Uh, I would be wrestling more by now, to be honest. So there hasn't been anything that I need to really preview there. But for the M4 taping last month, if you were on that gas tier, you got to enjoy that live event that you can hear us kind of talking with Gimby and Travis in the the Zoom chat. Uh, But I'll leave you with this part. You also get a free ticket to a live event. And there will be a Go Hard Pro show before August. Sign up for the Patreon and you get to know all these secrets. But truly, I I appreciate everyone that listens to this, that follows me on social media, at Holden Pro, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, whatever. Because all of you, the fact that you dedicate one hour, five hours, ten hours to the 168 hours you have in a week, I truly appreciate you and you you guys like send me a message if you listen to this screenshot it set uh post it on twitter instagram facebook whatever rob arbeck's great for that and it's literally it's so that i know that you guys aren't just numbers and i think that's what i love about the patreon of i get to see names i see the numbers but like i get to see names which means i know who's actually invested literally so i just want to remind everyone you all have worth nobody's less than anybody just keep going forward. Stay safe, stay safe, sane, and healthy. Happy Easter. I'm sincerely grateful and appreciative of everybody in my life and those whose paths I've crossed. Even if we're not talking every day or friends, I appreciate all the lessons I've learned and friendships and relationships I've had. Thank you very much. Enjoy this podcast. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I predict an earthquake up in here. I predict an earthquake up in here Cause we throw bombs on it, throw bombs on it Just smash something, yes, much for me, hey, yes Hello and welcome back, I'm joined by another podcaster, one of my dear friends Lewis, introduce yourself Hello, thanks for having me. This is uh, this is something. This is special, man. Is usually I'm interviewing you, but today you're interviewing me, and uh, I'm very excited. Um, introduce. I'm Lewis Carlin. I'm host of the Alliance Pro Wrestling Network. Um, interviewed um, Holden Albright um, about 30 seconds ago, <laughs> and and now I'm being interviewed by uh, Brendan, and I'm very excited <laughs> to be here. I'm very excited to be here, man. No, thank you so much for being on here. Uh, do you want to quickly, we'll plug at the end also, but plug your uh, your podcast right now. And like, because you have so many projects going on. I love seeing it. So, yeah, no, well, right now I'm doing, uh, I have Shooting Up North uh, on the Impact Lounge. Uh, YouTube, go to the Impact Lounge. Uh, my podcast is Shooting Up North. I'm doing a new MLW podcast with my podcast partner on crime, George Mackay. I think you're very familiar with George. 
um, doing MLW Rewind. It's on Alliance Pro Wrestling Network YouTube channel as well as Straight Talk Wrestling YouTube channel. And I'm doing the Alliance Pro Wrestling Sunday special interview, which you just recorded with me. And, uh, yeah, so that that's what I'm doing, man. It's um, keeping busy, keeping busy. So uh, what's it called? Uh, what were – because – I loved wrestling as a kid, and then I became a wrestler. I also liked magic as a kid, so I did magic yeah, for a little okay. period of time. What What were your uh, loves when you were a child? Well, I was also a huge wrestling fan. Nineteen, I never forget. Nineteen seventy eight, at my grandfather's house. Um, I forgot what I was doing, but I remember. I'll never forget. He said to me, "Louie, do you know who Bruno San Martino is?" <laughs> And I said, no, I don't know who that is. He goes, sit down. He's coming on. <laughs> so I was all right. So I sat down and Bruno came on and I was hooked ever since, man. Uh, so I became a huge wrestling fan. Anytime I could watch wrestling on TV, I would watch wrestling on TV. Um, other things, I am a baseball fan. I grew up in Queens, New York, a Mets fan as well. But it, like in school, if a teacher would ask me, or if a teacher would go around, if you could be a like, if you could be a sports, uh, who's your sports hero? You know, people, kids would say baseball players, football players. I would say Bob Backlund, and she would like be who's 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 that? <laughs> I'm like, you know, he's the WWF uh, heavyweight champion. Oh, she's oh a wrestler. That's not real. I'm like, what do you mean it's not real? Of course it's real. I was like ten. I thought wrestling was real at the time. I was like, of course it's real. He's a champion. He never loses. It's real. I want to be Bob Backlund. Uh, so uh, yeah, so. Loved, loved wrestling growing up. Um, that was a huge part of my childhood, man. I and like Bob Backlund's a great person to like look up to because he's real. Like, I had Stone yeah. Cold to be like, Yeah, he's a dude, like, he looks like my dad. And uh, what's it called? It's different if I said, I want to be Kane. So, like, I understand, <laughs> like, you saying I want to be Bob Backlund, especially in that time, it's like, Yeah, you want to put chicken wings on everyone. <laughs> Or I, I could have said I want to be Abdul the Butcher, right? And, oh, they probably think you're talking about like a serial I'll bring a killer. Fork, I'll bring a fork to school oh sticking it into the, everyone's head. Uh, hopefully not with hepatitis, though. <laughs> okay. <laughs> See, it's my podcast. I can be a little more uh, edgy with it. But, yeah, uh, no, it's, that's <laughs> uh, But what's it called? Uh, uh, so, like, you got same Bruno San Martino. That is, like, golden era wrestling. Yeah. How, how did your fandom evolve with wrestling evolving, especially like the late nineties being so anti Bruno San Martino that he hated it and he was vocal about it. Well, I, I just, you know, that's, that's Bruno's opinion. He didn't like wrestling because it was different from when he was wrestling. I never stopped being a fan. Uh, when Stone Cold came on, I was a Stone Cold fan immediately, a fan of the rock. Uh, so I've never stopped being a fan. I used to go to original ECW shows in Queens, New York. I would see Sabu. I would see the Sandman. I would see New Jack. Uh, so I never stopped being a wrestling fan. If you were a professional wrestler, you got in the ring. I was a fan. I, I, I appreciated and respected anyone that stepped into the ring. That's that's awesome to hear. And I think like yeah. that never stopped being a fan thing is like really good of like anything in life. Because once you become a little jaded to it, it's very much the, oh no, it's that there's people that love sports teams. I've never won a, a Stanley cup or the big one in decades and yeah. their quality of life is a little less than just for the fact <laughs> of this thing. Instead of going, 
like if your team isn't in the finals, that doesn't mean you can't enjoy the sport. So that never be a never stop being a fan is awesome. Where it's I never stopped being a fan, and I was so obsessed that I started doing it. And you didn't start doing it, but you're doing it in your own way of creating content around it and finding that love and passion. So what started you to make content? Well, you know, I'll tell you, it was um, a couple of years ago, maybe five, six years ago. um, I noticed there were a lot of podcasts out there, people doing podcasts, professional wrestling. And I'm thinking, hey, that, that'll be a good idea. I might, uh, this is going to be a bit of a long story. I hope you don't mind. No worries, um, please. Okay. That's what I, so, that's what okay. I want. So I was like, wow, this is, that, that's, that's pretty cool. I should learn how to do this. I mean, I think I would be good at it. And I had, there was another guy, I'm not going to say his name because we kind of had a falling out, but, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, actually uh, we, we, yeah, we, we reconciled, but we had a falling out, but I, um, he was uh, another wrestling fan on Facebook and I connected with him and I, and I just said, Hey, you want to try doing a podcast one day? And uh, he said, sure. I've never done it before, but uh, if you want to try it, we could try it. And we think we went on blog talk radio. It yep. was, um, we did a show. Uh, the show was called the, the pro wrestling pit stop. I like uh, I it. I don't know if it's a pray. He came up with the name. So we were doing a few shows and for some reason or another, I don't know why he just stopped liking me. He didn't like the way I was doing the show, whatever. We never really spoke about it. But one day he just like, he's like, um, I have another friend of mine that wants to do the show. Do you mind if we bring him on? We could be a threesome. I was like, um, okay, sure. If you want to bring him on, that's fine. It's like a legitimate open relationship. Uh, yeah. and let's bring in a third. And then the third. third. It's literally Ross with his wife. And then and bringing in a friend's reference for this. <laughs> So he's like, yeah, let's bring in a let's 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 bring a third guy in. It'll be a threesome, mm-hmm. and uh, I was like, okay. And then it eventually it was like, well, I hope you don't mind. We're just gonna do a show. We're gonna do the show just me and him. And eventually he was like, Louis, we need to go our separate ways. And I was pissed. I was like, well, I'm the one that came to you to start the show, and now you wanna. You want to go a separate ways? I said, fine. I'm going to curse again. I'm going to curse for the first time in your show. I said, fine. Fuck you. Let's 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 go a separate ways. I was pissed, yeah. you know. And so and it's a relationship. It's, yeah, like, even I mean, if I, it's friends, it's not. It's a platonic relationship. All relationships are so relationship. You can you can develop heartbreak from breaking up with a friend, breaking up with family. I I think that's one of the things that people forget that if they're there's still love, even if there isn't the intimate side of lovemaking, that yeah, there's yeah. still that heartbreak and stuff happens and bad feelings. But I'm lucky you guys are somewhat copacetic, and I'm pretty sure you have a more successful podcast than he does. Well, yeah. I mean, after that happened, after that happened, I said, you know what? They they want to do their show. They want to do the pro wrestling piss up. I'm going to start my own thing, and I'm going to bury those guys. And that's, that, was, that was my inspiration. Yo, to, Spite. Spite's a good motivator. You no. Know, that was my motivation. I said, I'm going to start my own podcast and I'm going to bury them in the ground. And I um, actually, I started writing for a, um, a website called uh, pro wrestling journal. So I was writing impact wrestling uh, articles and um, tapped out wrestling podcast. I don't know if you're familiar with them. Uh, Nick McDaniel and uh, Myron Fanchar, I believe was his last name. Uh, Nick contacted me, said, I'm starting a new, I want to start an impact wrestling podcast for, for tapped out wrestling podcast network. Would you be interested? I said, hell yeah, I'll definitely be interested. And I started doing that. And that led to a new Japan podcast. I did for them. And uh, then I did an NXT podcast for them. And then I started, I became their head interviewer. And, um, 
I was with them for a year, and they're a great group of guys. Nick and Myron, both awesome, awesome dudes. I was proud of my time there, proud of my work for them. But after about a year, I decided, you know, I think we're going to maybe it's time for me to go out on my own. And as I actually, actually, as I was doing these podcasts, I kept, I, I would go on blog talk radio to see how those two other guys were doing, mm-hmm. but, uh, but uh, just to see how, if they're getting views. Um, but uh, I was clearly going up and they were going down. So yeah. I was actually winning the battle there. So and, I, um, I look at that stuff. Cause I even said spite's a great motivator there. There is so much pressure put on, Oh, if it's negative, if it's not this or that, uh, it's a bad thing where it's like, no, you need those types of things to motivate you. Don't post it on Twitter every two hours or two days or two weeks and be like, yeah, yeah. I'm more successful than this person. But you do need to gauge your success and you have to find something on the same level as you. And then you go, oh, well, and especially content, not so much podcast, but anything that has a little view count in the corner that's the closest we have to knowing ratings numbers or anything. And we don't know how well we're doing because I mentioned it on your podcast, that whole, you don't think you're being successful if you're not making that million. So if you compare yourself to like talk is Jericho or Colt Cabana or stone cold, it's like, yeah, I definitely don't have those numbers, but who are on my level and you had to find out after the breakup that he wasn't enjoying the relationship where once again, I said earlier, it's always perception and communication that a lot of breakups are bad because they fall out of love. And it's literally not telling the other person that some of the things are putting them in an uncomfortable position or they're not liking certain things. And, and my cat just meowed. Uh, He's like, you've been sitting here long enough. Give me attention. But like, those are the things that I'm a big proponent of, those motivators are good. Whereas some other people might be like, Oh, I'm being taken advantage of because I'm not getting for like, if I look at local wrestlers, Oh, I'm really big in this one area, but I'm not big anywhere else. So screw it. I'm not going to branch out or set up rings where it's like, that's how you get noticed. Literally. I put up a photo of me at C4 five years ago, 1800 days ago that we had to look up. And uh, it's literally those, I love those stories of setting up rings. It's so much fun. And it's that community of building something together. And a lot of people don't really see that they see, well, if I'm not in the WWE, I'm not successful where it's, well, are you wrestling once a month? Are you wrestling once a week? Are you wrestling multiple times a week? Like those are little benchmarks. So you noticing, oh, wait a minute, I'm getting better at this and not cocky game better. You're looking at the numbers. You're looking at your fan base. You're looking at your following and you're like, oh, well, okay, well, I can take these skills now. And it's, it's very much like anyone in a corporate job of once you excel, you either try to get a promotion or you find a new job. Exactly. And uh, as like you're absolutely right, because my main motivation was to start my own podcast and do better than those guys. And it just built up from there where I got better and better and better. I was like, hey, maybe I could do something with this, right? Uh, I'm getting uh, an impact lounge. I'm getting a thousand views. I'm getting 1500 views on, on certain podcasts. They're not all getting that many, but you know, I'll see 600, 700. I'm like, I never got that before. This is something I'm doing something right. And, yeah. and, and when you tell me what, what Josh Alexander said uh that uh, he was giving me praise i mean i that just that blew my mind before i'm like wow i'm if josh alexander impact wrestling superstar thinks i'm doing something right here I'm, i must be doing something right man that that's also the thing that if you look at yelp reviews there's very rarely reviews that are positive 
because if you have a good experience at like say a restaurant you're you might tell your friends or family but you're not going to go out of your way to be like oh this meal i had at montana's was amazing but if the service is slow and the waitress is having a bad day so she seems like she's a bitch to you or like your food comes cold or undercooked you're immediately going to go on yelp and go one star horrible everything but if they're all only bad experiences, that isn't the full thing. It's very much like social media where you'll only see a small percentage of people's perspectives because there's seven and a half billion people in the world. You do not know everyone's experience. And that's what leads to this. And I'm a big proponent of telling people it's okay to be angry. Sometimes it's okay to have those motivators to motivate you into spite. There's it's okay to have that. That's why people's gym music is very angry music. Most of the time, because it motivates you and gets you energized. And so not enough people bring up the fact that they have good times with people or they're good. Like I, I go out of my way to tell people how grateful I am for them and how appreciative I am, because there's been multiple times in my life that I could have ended it and not been here the next day. And I'm so there's times where I'm not living for myself. I'm living for other people, but I'm living for other people by living my life and providing good content, providing whatever sort of happiness. Like I have bad thoughts all the time of wrestling. I don't like, or dumb things. I see people post. The only difference is I don't interact with it. And especially right now during the pandemic, I think there's a lot of conversations that should always be had with people one-on-one or in person. And it shouldn't all just be done through vague subtweets on Twitter because that's not going to promote anything. And if if anything, I'm pretty sure anyone that shits on anyone on Twitter, people don't even know that it's them they're talking about. And they like and they retweet the tweet. And then from another perspective, it goes, you're the person they're talking about. How are you so delusional that you don't realize this? And that's just like... People, delusions just ruin people and having that of your friend. Like, so if we're hosting a show and what's funny is I love the fact that there's, there's a continuing thread on people that do podcasts by themselves for the most part. They didn't want to do it by themselves. They wanted to do it with others. I started GTA wire with four of my friends and constantly did it in different versions of that. And Justin Gilmet's the same way. You're the same way. George McKay used to host it with another guy. I think Steve and like he, they are everyone's relationship falls through. I think Justin couldn't even ever record any of the episodes with that guy. You recorded some. Steve had some personal issues and his brother's doing great. And I love seeing Steve's posts about his brother. But it's that constant thing of, a lot of not wanting to do it alone, wanting to be a part of a team, wanting to celebrate the successes and also the downs together. And like, that's like another thing I have for you. It's when you are feeling unmotivated or down, what, uh, what makes you get up the next day and keep going? I just talked to kingdom James and he did 264 podcast episodes, mostly solo cast last year. Cause he made a bet with himself. I want to do a show Monday to Friday. And the shows were between 20 to an hour and 30 minutes long. And I asked him like what kept him going. And he said, bet he made the bet with himself and he was just going to create that thing. So what motivates you on day? Cause everyone has down days. We're not at 110% every day. So what motivates you when you don't want to do an interview or you don't want to 
get up in the morning? That's a good question. Uh, that's happened quite a few times because, like, um, this is just a hobby. This is not a full time job. Mm-hmm. So there have been times where I I work ten hours and I, and I realize, oh gosh, I have a a seven o'clock interview with with uh, with Holden Albright. I better mm-hmm. I, and I'm not prepared. I haven't wrote any questions yet. What am What am I going to do? And so, uh, but uh, the motivation is um, I know that. If I even if I I my experience if I don't want to do an interview if if I don't feel up to it if I don't feel like I want to do it I always do it anyway because when that interview is over my I might be down but as that interview is going on it it brings me up and up and up and when it's when I'm done I'm like damn that was a great interview I'm so glad I did that right so that what motivates me I know even though I I'm tired and I might not want to do the interview. And my wife is like, Oh, you're going to do another interview, Lewis. You know, this is like the third one this week. You know, the, you know, uh, I'm here too, Lewis, you know, and I, I, I get that a lot. She can hear me, but, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I know, I know um, this is what I want to do. And I know I'm going to feel great when that interview is over. And I'll admit, I, I think the last time I interviewed you, I think we had our postponed a few times and, um, I, I wasn't prepared. I think I did. I tell you I wasn't prepared. Did I tell you that or no? I wasn't. It, you you might have, but okay. like I remember the first time I did it with you, it was over Facebook Messenger. I called you from my nunna's driveway, and then ever since then, like it kind of blurs in together because we're just friends. We're just talking, especially like with Zoom now, being able to see each other. Like this adds so much. And that you mentioning gain energy from the interviews, like legitimately the same feeling of even when I feel down, it's like give me like 10 to 15 minutes. I'll wake up during it. We'll laugh about something. I'll say something dumb. And then it's like, hey, now the especially I. I like being the butt of the joke. I will make myself vulnerable because it makes my guests more comfortable. I, I don't like making fun of other people. I'd rather make fun of myself. And it's just that growing experience. Absolutely. Man. Absolutely. So, yeah. So that's, uh, that's what gets me going. Cause I know the interview is going to, uh, when I'm done with the interview, the, the, I might have been down, but I'm going to be uh, on a huge high when that interview is over. And I won't be able to sleep because I'm going to be I'm so wired. I'm like, wow, that was great. You know, but uh, that's that's what keeps me going, man. So when you were a kid, what did you want to be when you were older? You know, you're going to laugh, but I wanted to be a professional wrestler. But I was only five foot four and I didn't think I was tall enough. Um, of course, later on, you see the Spike Dudleys and the Ray Mysterios and you're like, Hey, me, maybe I would have been tall enough if I gave it a shot. But at the time you had, you know, you had Andre, the giant Hulk Hogan, big John Studd, you had Bob Backlund. They were all like six, two. And except for Ivan Putsky was the only one that was a little short of, and I didn't think I was one of the world's strongest men. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, my gosh, there's also quick Joe Rick McGraw, who wasn't one of my favorites. He was a little shorter, but I wanted to be a professional wrestler, but I figured I'm too small. And I, at the time, you know, I think there was one school in New Jersey run by Dominic DiNucci. And uh, I don't, uh, I just figured I wasn't good enough. I wasn't tall enough. So I decided um, just to go to school. And I went to school for about a year and uh, quit. Uh, it wasn't for me. School wasn't for me, Holden. So I, then I want to be a, uh, you know, I think I told, I want to be a stand-up comedian. That was mm-hmm. my next thing. So I um, attempted that and uh, didn't, uh, didn't succeed as you can see, because I'm here doing the podcasting, but uh, yeah, I wanted to be, to answer your question, 
as a kid, I wanted to be a professional wrestler. I don't want to give a long-winded answer. Right? It's, my my podcasts are completely okay for long-winded. I'm sure okay. your wife wants you to go to bed soon, but uh, or not be asleep. No, soon. no, uh, she's uh, she's tapping her foot. Like, why are you still there? I'm there. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, it's okay. <laughs> she has needs. I understand it. Uh, what uh, what year were you born again? 1969 okay okay so you're like i spent 20 i spent 20 days in the 60s december 10th 1969 well happy belated birthday uh thank you thanks so yeah so 1989 you're 20 years old like it 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 makes sense that wrestling like even not even you being big enough where were you gonna go to like like you didn't know the school but you know they're gonna break your leg there and make you earn it way more than anyone else like that's where it's i totally understand like if you're born after 1990 especially after 2000 and you think that you're too small for wrestling that's just a lie you just aren't brave enough to try it but when you even mentioned uh stand-up comedy like what was the the process because i love comedy what did you because also stand-up comedy is one of the things that you can start doing it when you're 20, but you could also start doing it when you're 40. You can start doing it when you're 60. Like you could start doing it again tomorrow. Cause I think like we've had so many talks where I asked you about that and you mentioned comedy. I'm like, just do it. Find an open mic where there's no open mics right now. But uh, that's also going to be one of the things that I want to do when I run my shows. It's I want to have like pre-show and after show parties. And it's like, there's so many people with podcasts in the area that why wouldn't you watch a live wrestling with myself with anti-hero SOS before or after a show? And then also it's like, well, we have a show or an after party. Let's have some stand-up comedy. Who wants to perform two to three minutes of this? And that's why like a go hard pro show is going to be like a whole like afternoon of uh, entertainment of like, there might be a three hour wrestling show in the middle, but like we can't tailgate officially in Canada, but like we could party outside and have like chips and stuff like that. And uh, mysterious water bottles. Uh, and, but then afterwards it's like, when we go to the after party, it's all not about just eating food. It's about interacting. If, if legitimately I just ran this show and something didn't go accordingly and maybe it's, whoever maybe it is like this weird you justin and george are hosting the after party of you literally reviewing the show you just watched and you have some of the wrestlers on the show on your podcast and then i go on and i tell you i'm just like yo you guys don't know this but at like 12 o'clock this happened this happened this happened i didn't think we were gonna do this and like that's the fun stuff of me letting you guys in as the struggles of a promoter of like you now as a community, the Go Hard Pro community wouldn't be, I love Go Hard Pro Wrestling, so I hate all these other companies. It's like, no, it's you're all a part of the family. Let's do this together so we can, uh, rising tide raises all boats. So when you first started doing stand-up comedy, though, like what was trying? And uh, when COVID's over, I know for sure me and you and Pretty Ricky got to hit up an open mic night. Well, when I first started doing comedy, I... um. I uh, forgot the name of there was a, a female comedian that I watched on TV and I uh, her name Roseanne Barr. No, it wasn't it wasn't Roseanne <laughs> Barr. It wasn't Roseanne Barr. Um, but anyway, whatever her name was, but she I was watching her and she was telling her jokes and she had the crowd in the palm of her hand. And I was like, wow, that's fantastic. I was like, 
I'm always making my friends laugh, right? I'm always making my friends laugh. They think I'm a jokester. Maybe I could do the stand-up comedy thing. So I, I, I was in Queens, New York at the time, and um, there was tons of open mics in in Manhattan, down in Manhattan. So I went to Manhattan, found an open mic, and I went to the open mic. The first open mic, I got to the front door, and it said "open mic tonight." And I just stood in front of the door, and then I walked away. Aww. And then, but I I walked past the door a few times. And I was like, you know what? I'll do it next week. And I went up because I was, I was nervous. Man. Yeah. And then it took me, took me four weeks of walking up to that front door. Wow. I kept going back. I kept going back. And I was like, on the fourth week, I'm like, screw it. I'm just going to go in. So I went in and there was the open mic was going on. I saw the comedians and I was like this, I was blown away. It just, the, there was a small crowd and the comedian and the smoke. And I, I fell in love with it immediately. I was like, wow, this is, I want to do this. Right. And I said, but I'll how do it old next were week. You, how old were you around this time? I was about 20, 22, okay. 22. Yeah. So I was, uh, I was, I want to do this. Right. And some guy came up to me and said, are you here for the open mic? I said, no, no. Because <laughs> I was still, I was still too nervous. I had yeah. a few jokes, but and then finally went back there next, then next week. Uh, and I, I finally went on first time on stage. My leg was shaking uncontrolled. Yep. It wouldn't stop shaking. And uh, it just progressed from there. And then I uh, went to a stand-up comedy school. Uh, they had a few of them in New York. Oh, okay. Um, and then I uh, got some shows, did open mic, did some um, showcases. And then I moved out to San Francisco because a friend of mine was out there. He goes, you got to come to San Francisco. It's a lot of great comedy out here. So I moved to San Francisco and I started getting booked on shows and making a little bit of money and not too much. I was struggling financially and I uh, was there for about a year, year and a half. And I decided, um, well, my friend decided he was going to go to Los Angeles. And he said, do you want to come with me? And I was like, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'll just stay up here in San Francisco. So um, about two months later, and it's going to turn into a sad story, but two months later, uh, it's a pause a, story. It's a pause story, but yeah, there was um, I, I was at the time I was doing it for about maybe three, four years. Um, there was this comedian. She was about in her late fifties, and she was still doing the open mics. And I'm talking to her, and she says she's been doing it for about thirty years. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, thirty years, and she's still doing open mics. And she was telling me where she lives. She lives in a um a rundown apartment and she has to share a bathroom with, with the other tenants. And I was like, I don't want to be like that. Right. Well, I was like, what if like 30 years from now I'm, I'm doing this. So I got a little scared. I went back home to New York and got a real job and eventually moved out here to Canada. And, and here I am, man. Uh, so I'll get back to this in a second, but I, I never knew about the San Francisco sidetrack. I knew about Queens and clearly I knew Canada because that's where you currently are. Yeah. Uh, what is, I want to say this before I forget, but what is the biggest difference of you growing up versus your children's experience that you've noticed where you're just like, huh? Like culturally. Um, you mean like like me, them having a computer and me not having a computer is that, is that what you mean or uh, well i i guess yeah cuz you were born in 1969 but like more so like what they're learning in school or with society because i'm going to go back to that where will i be in 30 years thing but the struggles of children nowadays are way different than even when i was a kid 20 years ago of like what do you see where 
even if it's not just the technology level, but how they interact with people or not so much going outside to yeah, play in the yeah. streets? Or are you one of the parents that are like, get the fuck outside? No, no, I don't. I don't well, excellent point. You know, when I was a kid, you know, I would always want to be outside playing baseball uh, in the back alley. I pictured you were like a Sandlot kid, like that movie yeah. Sandlot. I feel like yeah, that's you. That, that was me. I would get my friends, have my glove, have my little, I, well, I'm wearing the hat now, I have my hat. You know, Bit bad. We go into a. There was an alleyway, and we we broke so many windows. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I want to be outside. And at night, you know, all of us, all my friends, would hang out on a on a stoop or a bench in oh the neighborhood. God. There'd be like ten of us, and we all just be hanging out there. My my daughter doesn't want to do. She, all the hanging out is being at home. You know, mm-hmm. at home on the computer. Oh, I don't need to go outside. I'll just uh, I'll I'll Skype my friends and and um. She doesn't uh, doesn't go out much. She doesn't. She doesn't. Just let's just say her friends are on Skype, and there's nobody that uh, that she would want to go out and and hang out on a weekend with. Them. When I was her age, she's going to be seven. She's going to be eighteen. When I was her age, I was out every weekend. I was with my friends. We were going up to Seven Eleven, buying big gulps and throwing them at each other and stuff like that. But, <laughs> But, but her, she just rather stay home. And um, I just, I, I don't know if she's content doing it. I'm not going to force her to go outside. Right. Plus, you know, things are a little different now when I was a kid, a little safer. I'm, I'm just afraid to have, especially her being a 17 year old girl. I don't want her yeah. to be outside without me being there to protect her. You know what I mean? 100%. Yeah. Uh, so, but also basically your whole, you quit stand up comedy when I was born. So when you're looking, oh, I don't want to live in a rundown apartment in San Francisco. And in 30 years, what if I'm still doing this? Where in 30 years, you you had no idea that in 10 years that there was going to be the internet as prevalent as it was in the early 2000s or even in the late 2000s or a way to... The fact that you said you're making some money, but not a lot of money. That's like I mentioned to you earlier about Patreon stuff. I'm always measured my financial goals. Like in wrestling, it was, oh, and this is one of the things where I talk so fucking much. I don't remember what I say, but then I say stuff and it impacts people because it's just random thoughts I have and it works for me. And one of the things I said that affected uh, Solo Ali specifically was, you said that you knew you were successful in wrestling because you were making enough money to cover training. And I'm like, yeah, because it's like it's like an investment. You don't want to lose money. So if this pays for this, that's one less bill to worry about. And then hopefully you get better. You make more money down the line or whatever and find happiness. But so that's one of the eye-opening moments of actually having that option of, hey, do you when your friend asks you, do you want to come to LA with me? Where it is that, moving up another level where you said no to it because it's it's that just fear in general fear is the biggest thing but so we're 30 years past then of the where would i be in 30 years you you have a loving family you have a a passion and a hobby of talking from the microphone you're still gonna get scared shitless the moment you go on the stage yeah but you haven't given up on that. That's still in the back of your head, right? You mean to be a stand-up comedian? Yeah. Well, I, I do regret that. I, I feel that I gave up. I gave it up a little too soon. 
I do I do regret. Um, and uh, once in a while, I do get the 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 urge to to uh, try it again, but. You know, got the family now, and and uh, I look at I, that as you got some new content to put in your stand-ups. Yeah, because I'd have to start over, going to the open mics, and build myself up again. And and I'm like, do I really want to do that? You know, it's it's gonna could take a could take me another ten years, right? And and if if I have one regret about the podcasting thing is I think I started it too late. I wish I wish I had started doing this when I was when I was thirty and not not forty not forty five, right? You know what I mean. Hey, but there was no podcasting back then. Yeah, the, well, yeah, that's true. That's true. Like podcasting, coming from someone that started doing it in 2012, I I wasn't able to access it. And I was a Podbean guy. Blog Talk made it super easy for a lot of people. But then, like, you, everything expands. The barriers become lower and lower. And, like, I, I think the mentality of trying to get a career out of it, it's way less than should be a focus than making some sort of happiness for you and the fact that that energy you get from doing interviews if you did five minutes every thursday night at a random open mic night that you know i'm like it's those little things that it's a lot better than a heroin or a crack addiction (laughs) (laughs) but so but as a uh as a i i call you a real adult you have a 17 year old daughter, you have a wife. Like, were you one of the guys that, because I joke that a lot of people be become parents or have aspirations of parents because it's something that you can kind of control. And it's, it's harder to not have a kid than it is to have a kid. You, you, if you accidentally, if you're 14 years old and you don't use a condom and you screw up, you can end up with a child. Yeah, you don't yeah. accidentally not put on a condom and become the biggest musician in the world. <laughs> so that's why I think people always like rationale their dreams so much of like when you were younger or when you were in your 20s, did you know like I'm going to be a dad one day? Like I'm going to oh, be a Oh yeah, I'm absolutely. I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to, well, I think most people want to be a dad and be a, be a husband. So yeah, I, that's absolutely. I knew I was going to be a dad one day. One hundred percent. So you took that to like a duck to water. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. Do you remember the day your wife told you she was pregnant, and then the day that the baby was real? Uh, yeah, actually, my daughter was born during the another pandemic, the SARS pandemic. Oh shit! Do, do you remember that? So yep. I I I went um, to the hospital. Uh, well, actually, my wife said my water broke, and we had took her to the hospital and my wife is she's tough she wouldn't let me drive her water broke but she still drove <laughs> well so i look at that as your wife's tough or does she just not trust your driving I, no i don't i <laughs> it it could be a little of both <laughs> no, but, you're gonna go have that but, pillow talk now after we get off the line go hey honey when you drove did you just not think i'm a good driver <laughs> no but we we get to the we we get to the um to the security guard because we're going into the parking lot and my wife says to the guy, my water just broke. And the guy's looking at me like, why is she driving? You should be driving, man. And I was like, "Uh, she wanted to drive, man. So, so uh, yeah, so we went in, she had the baby and I went home 
And when I went to go back to pick them up, they wouldn't let me back into the hospital because of SARS. It's like uh-huh. I had to wait outside. So it was another another pandemic. But um, yeah, but when, when she was born and I held her for the first time, I was like, holy crap, this is really happening, man. And this, this little, and I put my finger in her little hand and she squeezed it. And that was just a bond that, that, that never broke, man. That that's adorable to hear. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what are some um, goals that you have either personally or professionally that either they're grasping for straws, they're down the line and, or they might be just around the corner and you're waiting for it. My goals um, as a podcaster, I have a few dream um, interviews. Uh, is that Good answer to the question. Yeah, Is that what you uh, refer name to? Names. Yeah. Name names. Let's put it into the universe of who you want to interview. Well, I'd love to interview Larry Zabisco, but not for the fee <laughs> he's asking for. <laughs> but we'll leave it at that. Um, Bob Backlund, I've tried to contact numerous times. I would love to interview Bob Backlund. My dream interview, unfortunately, it won't happen. It would be Roddy Piper. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. that's that, that can't happen. Um, Tony Atlas, I would love to interview. I would love to interview Hulk Hogan. That would be absolutely th- thrilling, in in my opinion. Um, Steve Austin, uh, which um, I don't think I could ever get Steve Austin. John Cena would be very tough. Um, who else? Who else? There's a, there's a whole bunch of them out there. Um, I know Ivan, like the guys that I grew up watching, like Ivan Putski, yeah. Tito Santana. Uh, I would love to get love to get those guys. Um, who else? Uh, have a- you have you talked to? I think it's Jan Murphy. Have you talked to him about the Chinlock shows? I have not. No. So he brings in a lot of uh, older veterans. Like he had Ricky Steamboat there a couple of years ago. Okay. I think that might be a good contact for you to be like, "Hey, Jan, I do a podcast. I want to know if I can interview." Right now, his child did have surgery, so uh, wait a little bit. He's dealing with some personal stuff. Okay. But that's a guy that I'll send you his contact information. Sure. Ask to Absolutely. interview him because Chinlock's a great big charity show that happens in Kingston, Ontario, every year, and like. He had Vicky Guerrero at the last show. He's partnered up with Tommy Dreamer, and that might be a good connection for you. He even had like TJ Wilson there. He did a seminar uh, two years ago. Like that might be a good connection for you. And like that's that little conversation we just had, I think is a perfect example of not keeping your circle so small. You need to expand it because that's the only way to grow. And that's where you have the tit for tat. You scratch my back, I scratch your back. And also don't expect anything in return. Me telling you that information, that that means nothing to me. That's something that I can help you with. And you might appreciate that. If that ends up with you interviewing Tito Santana or all these people, that's cool. And I, I get the benefit that I helped you along and not because this is the mentality. I think that fucks everyone up. It's what, what do I get out of it? And I see it at my workplace where we're on a conveyor belt line and Packages don't get picked up for the people in front of them because they're like, well, they wouldn't help me. Don't expect anything in return and your life gets a little bit more simpler. Do stuff just to help people and it's way easier that way. Uh, What is something that, um, what's it called? Uh, What is, sorry. uh, Yeah, what's the worst advice that you see or hear in the world that you just completely disagree with? The worst advice? Um, wow, 
That's that's a good one. The worst advice that I disagree. Don't <laughs> the worst advice. Somebody told me um it it's okay. <laughs> it's okay to pay your bills late. I was like, no, no, it's not. That's 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 terrible advice. The, never pay your bills late. Always pay your bills on time. Uh if you can. But I mean, worst comes to worst. Um yeah, if you need to pay your bills late, that that's that's fine. But I think that's that's advice you shouldn't be giving people. I don't know if that's a good answer or not. That's a fucking amazing. That is an adult father answer. Yeah, because I, I I remember um, the, especially for people that are younger listening to this, like the safety yeah. Travises or whatever. Even me sometimes. That is perfect advice. Of that's probably going to be the quote for the uh, for the title of the episode. Don't pay your uh, don't pay your bills uh, on time, or or do not not pay. It's okay to skip a bill once in a while. I think like, no, I, he can't skip a bill. That's that that's bad advice. And and, and you kind of got me. I'm sure I've gotten bad advice as well. Just nothing. I I I can't think of anything else right now. But I'm sure I've gotten bad advice from from other people as well. But, but uh, offhand, I can't remember what it was, man. See, that's always my go-to question for seminars of what's advice you hear that you don't agree with. And I got answers from like Pete Dunn saying, oh, uh, work the hard camera, work the camera. And he legitimately said, no, fuck that work for the audience. Because if anyone at home watches this, they will regret that they weren't live at the show. And then he's like, and if you're in the WWE, they have 30 cameras. They will capture it. Don't worry. Yeah, there you go. Where yeah. everyone on a smaller level constantly, because this is stuff that you wouldn't know about, but promoters would be like, oh, work the camera, work this, pretend like it's the WWE. But if you're focusing on the camera and if there's 12, 200, or 1,000 people there, if you're only working towards a camera, that means your back's towards someone else. And you've seen me wrestle. I interact with the crowd. I'll I'll throw a toenail at someone. I will grab someone's foot. I remember that. I remember <laughs> when you threw your rip your toenail off and you threw it, you just threw it behind you. <laughs> I, I was there Didn't I try to hit you or I tried to hit someone and I miss and I hit someone else? Oh, okay. I know you <laughs> threw it at me. You definitely missed me. It must, it must have hit somebody else. Man. <laughs> but like, those are the experiences that I get to participate in and it's funny things. So, uh, uh, what is, um, and this is a final question. Uh, what do you believe that others think is insane? What do I think? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Say that again. Uh, what do you believe in that yeah. other people think is insane? It could be the fact of like, you could have a career in podcasting or you could interview people or something. Like for me, it's the instance of some people think it's insane to be a pro wrestler. And it's, it's just my life at this point. Absolutely. Well, I, I, you know, I, I believe in, in ghosts and a lot of people think I'm, <laughs> I, I, I see it on TV. It seems real to me. I believe it. And people, I talk to people about it and they think, um, they think I'm insane. They think I'm insane. Like, like I could be lying down. I could hear footsteps. I'm like, Oh my God, there's a ghost in the house. But then I realized, Oh no, it's just, it's my wife going to, the, going to the <laughs> right. So, and it's I'm so like, hopeful. And I'm always thinking, what if I wake up and there's a ghost? Like, how am I going to react? Am I going to be, am I going to be calm? Am I going to freak out? Am I going to try to run out of the house? Am I going to sell the house? Am I going to burn the house down? What am I going to do, man? <laughs> what am I going to do? You know, and <laughs> that train of thought. Am I going to be scared? Am I going to be brave? Am I going to run out of the house? Am I going to sell the house? Am I going to burn down the house? 
it's just it's those things, man. I just and I know sooner or later someone's I'm gonna wake up and I'm gonna see a face go, hello, Lewis. <laughs> and you're like, goodbye. Goodbye. And then later just get the blowtorch and just burn the whole house down. <laughs> but uh yeah, so people think uh people think I'm a little I don't know if they know if think I'm insane, but they think I'm a little little crazy for thinking for hello. thinking of that. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, that that's fucking great uh so the last thing that 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 was more so a question but what's something that either a quote or a mindset that you have that you can leave off with anyone that watches or listens to this of it just helps you get through the day all i gotta say is you believe in yourself you know if you get down if you get depressed it happens to me happens to uh, almost everybody you know if you get depressed you get down just believe in yourself and you're awesome always think that you're awesome don't think that um because oh and we use the bill the bill scenario oh because i can't pay my bills today you know i'm, I'm a failure you're not a failure you're, you're never a failure you believe in yourself you're a success you're a great individual you're awesome and if you get down on yourself, it's okay. Just go out for a walk, clear your head, come back and, and um, take care of whatever you got to take care of. You know why? Because you're awesome, dude. You're awesome, dude. And dudettes. <laughs> I haven't heard dudettes in a while. Wow. Dude, well, I'm see, I'm a little, I'm from, as you mentioned multiple times, I was born in 1969. So dude <laughs> and dudettes, man. <laughs> uh, I, I love this chat, Lewis. Thank you so much. I always enjoy when you interview me. I, you will be on the podcasting round table when I have it eventually. And like, that's the thing of great. It's going to be hilarious that when I have all these podcasters on and all of us have the same origin story of, I didn't want to do this by myself. I wanted to do this with other people. Yeah. And we ended up doing it on our own. On our own, yeah. Are you going to have uh, Chops going to be on? You got to get Chops on. He's not a podcaster. He's going to be on an actual well, interview gonna... coming up soon. Oh, okay. Okay. Because yeah. he's, he's well, he's got ringside with Chops, right? Doesn't he? Well, that's, he just... that's more of a just like a perspective thing. It's like a fan oh, okay. page. He's awesome though, man. He's, yeah. a, he's an awesome dude. He mentions how you and Justin try to get him to do podcasts itself. And he's like, I just take videos. I just do photos. <laughs> like he is very much a, not a podcaster, but a Twitter guy, but I'm going to actually have him on to do a, uh, to do great. a proper That's thing. And great. for the last, it's not a real question, but what's a song to play at the end of this? That is, it could be that like, I have the tiger Rocky song for you. It could be the first, the song that you dance with your wife to. It could be the song you lost your virginity to. What's a song that you think of. And it just like, it's therapy. It puts you in your happy place or it gets you moving. Oh boy. My buddy Holly. Oh boy. By buddy Holly. Yep. Writing that down. Because uh, I'm um, into 50s music these days. Uh, Buddy Holly, Richie Valens, um, Chuck I got, Berry. I got into uh, the Jersey Boys soundtrack from the movie uh, yeah. and like okay. the broad. And so I started following like, is it Frankie Valley and the Four Seasons? Uh, that's correct. Yes. Yeah, I, right. I, I'm a big fan of just... Like I, I was talking about Megan the Stallion on your interview. So like my music taste is literally Garth Brooks, Megan the Stallion, Frankie Valley on the Four Seasons. Like the only thing I don't like is dance hall or soca music because I went to a club once and the biggest woman I've ever met in my life. I, I say it felt like a shotgun blast of I'm just in this club and I'm 
one of only two white dudes, sorry, three white dudes. It's me and my buddy and this like middle-aged white Italian guy that's just going ham. And it was like, whoa. And then I just felt like this nudge behind me. I'm like, okay. And then I feel this thing that almost knocks me over. <laughs> and I turn around. I'm like, I haven't gone into fights in bars or clubs. I got jumped at Tim Horns once after a bar on my birthday. But every time, like if someone bumps into me or something, I'm like, okay, well, I guess I'm going to get into a fight. And like, I'll turn and they'll look at me. And then they look at me and realize like, I'm okay taking a punch. I don't think they are. I got the Homer Simpson gene. Tr- try to knock me out. I dare you. <laughs> and uh, I turn around though to be like, what the fuck? And it was a way for this girl to hit on me. But she was very large, and the way she twerked on me almost threw out my back. I almost had that Shawn Michaels 98 back from this woman's ass. Uh, so needless to say, not my type. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of a whole bunch of different music, so I'm glad uh, Oh Boy by Buddy Holly will be playing at the end of this. And uh, one more plug for all your things at the end. All right, cool, man. Well, thank you. First, I want to thank thank you for having me on. It's uh, it's been a pleasure. A uh, little different, usually, like I said earlier. Usually, I'm asking the questions, but it was very refreshing answering the questions. I hope I answer them uh, to your liking. And um, I want to just plugging uh, Alliance Pro Wrestling Network on Twitter. You can follow me at Shooting Up North, Instagram at Alliance PW Network. Uh, Facebook Alliance Pro Wrestling Network and on YouTube Alliance Pro Wrestling Network as well. Hit that subscribe button, please, please. I just hit I just hit 200 subscribers. I'm at 210 now. Congratulations! Uh, so, uh, thank you. Next next stop is 500. So uh, that's, that's what I'm that's what I'm shooting for. Hell yeah! You need to have those goals. Thank you so much for joining me tonight, Lewis. Hey, thank you for having me. I hope we could do this again soon. Hell yeah, uh, we need to get that podcasting roundtable in. I- I'm oh, thinking right. April. I'm thinking April. Okay, sounds good. Sounds good to me. Talk to you soon, Lewis. Take care. Bye bye. All of my love, all of my kissing. You don't know what you've been missing, oh boy. Oh boy, when you're with me, oh boy. Oh boy, the whole world can see that you were meant for me. All of my life, I've been waiting. Tonight there'll be no. No boy, oh boy, when you're with me, oh boy, oh boy, the whole world can see that you were meant for me. Stars appear and the shadows are falling, and you can hear my heart calling. A little bit of love in my tail, a thing to write, and I'm gonna see my baby tonight. All of my love, all of my kissing, you don't know what you've been missing, oh boy, oh boy, when you're with me, oh boy, oh boy, the whole world can see that you. Everything alright. I'm gonna see my baby tonight. All of my love, all of my.
know what you've been missing, oh boy. Oh boy, when you're with me, oh boy. Oh boy, the whole world can see that you. 